0: Pet lovers and welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and this show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Bryan, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a not for profit organization dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. Today, It is my honor to introduce to you our special guest. His name is Bob Jenkins. And Bob is the owner and founder of Let Your Love Grow. And this is a really unique product. And as you know, um, we like to talk about innovative products on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. And this one is particularly interesting because it applies to not only pets, but also people. Welcome to the show, Bob.
1: Thank you, Peggy. I appreciate you having me.
0: Oh, you are so welcome, because I love to hear what's going on at Let Your Love Grow. And um, just to uh, get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, I have been in funeral service uh, for 43 years, and my wife, Annette, and I um, started Let Your Love Grow in 2009. Uh, We lost a little dachshund that meant the world to us, and um, wanted to memorialize her in a special way. We both like to garden, and that's a pharmacist. Um, I'm a funeral director, and between the two of us and our love for gardening, we kept playing around and created a little company called Verde Products Inc., and our first product is called Let You Love Grow.
0: That is like the coolest thing because I love to hear how um, really incredible ideas get born. And in this case, we can attribute that to your little dog. And that, that just makes it all the much more special.
1: Yes. Her name was Silky, and she loved to follow the sunshine. She was a little five-pound dachshund. And wherever the sun would be coming through uh, a window, you could find her lying there in the sunshine. So... Um, Unfortunately, a coyote attacked her in our front yard one morning, and um, she lived for about 18 months after the attack, but being so tiny, and we had her through several surgeries, uh, little dogs and anesthesia don't go well together, and unfortunately, her heart gave out. So now she is a, a fringe tree, which is a petite tree in our front yard that faces the sun from morning to evening. She's in the sunshine all day long.
0: Wow, and I know it makes your heart glad every time you look at that tree and have all of those great memories of Silky.
1: Yeah, we see it when we leave the house, and it's first thing you see when you pull in the driveway. So it's a great living memorial to our little baby.
0: It is. And uh, tell us about your baby that you have now, Roscoe.
1: Well, Roscoe is a rescue. Uh, he's a dachshund. He's a standard-sized dachshund. And I have to tell you, you know, everybody thinks they have the best dog, and everybody does have the best dog. But Roscoe is so unique. Dachshund sometimes can be uh, hard-headed and challenging.
0: Really? He is the most
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who owns a dachshund understands that. Are they yappy or whatever? We've had him about four and a half years. Um, we don't know how old he is. We're guessing he's eight, nine, maybe. Um, but he came house trained. In four and a half years, we've never had an accident in the house, which is amazing. Um, He loves to travel with me. I take him on the road. He stays in hotels. He doesn't bark. Um, He's friendly with cats, with children. He is just the best companion. So very lucky to have him.
0: I love that because I do have a dachshund and I know how stubborn those little devils can be.
1: Yeah. He he's a I can take him on a walk in our subdivision and never have to put him on a leash. And he stays right with you.
0: Oh my gosh, he's the best dog ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he really is a good dog. Yeah. He's a good boy.
0: Um I was watching the uh National Dog Show on Thanksgiving recently and they were introducing uh the dachshunds and the three different types of dachshunds. and I go, "Oh, naughty, naughtier and naughtiest." Um, (laughs) um, very affectionately I don't want people on the show to think that I don't love dachshunds I do I have one she's my heart and she's adorable her name is Holly Um, but she is one of those um, little fiercely independent um, girls Mm -hmm. that likes to make her own decisions and um, she is very barky not like yeah not like silent Roscoe
1: yeah, w- w- The first month that we had him, we thought maybe, because when they found him, he wasn't neutered or chipped, and he didn't bark for the first month, hmm. and so we thought maybe he came from a puppy mill or something, because they clipped their vocal cords, oh. and um, uh-huh. um, so we thought, well, but then we thought, well, that that really doesn't come into play, because he's so well-behaved and so well-trained, but finally he let out this bark, <laughs> It was almost like a bloodhound deep voice. It's like that came out of that little dog. But um and now he's gotten comfortable, you know, he'll bark maybe maybe when the doorbell rings, maybe not. It just he's like, eh, nah, not gonna worry about today.
0: Okay. Well, hey, if it's no big deal, he's not gonna talk about it. So um yep. One of the nice things about Let Your Love Grow is it lets you and your beautiful wife Annette work together, and um, mm-hmm. you get to serve a really unique um, market niche um, for both humans and animals. And tell us a little bit about like why the average person needs to know about Let Your Love Grow.
1: Well, Let Your Love Grow is is designed for cremated remains. Um, A lot of people like to bury, scatter, or plant something uh, with cremated remains. And our research has shown that um, cremated remains are toxic to plant life. Um, uh, Even though we call them ashes, there's really no ash. It's 100% bone that's been ground up um, into fine particles that is similar to ash. The sodium in our bodies, because we're a living organism, everything living that's a living organism has some level of sodium, and the sodium in, in the cremated remains or the ash is anywhere from 200 to 2,000 times what plant life can tolerate. And so what we worked at in developing Let You Love Grow was to accomplish two things for cremated remains. The pH of the cremated remains are extremely high. So they'll never become plant life available. The elements within the ash will never become plant life available on its own. And secondly, the sodium. So our product will lower the pH of the ash and allow it to become plant life available while diluting the sodium.
0: And I know from experience that trying to plant something where you do have these cremains or cremated remains um, that things definitely will not grow. So anybody who's ever tried that, if you tried to set up a memorial garden for a loved one or for a loved pet, um, you may have had a similar experience. And if we had known about Let Your Love Grow at that time, what we would have done is this, right, Bob? We would mix the cremated remains with the Let Your Love Grow product? Mm
1: -hmm. That's correct.
0: And then you put that in and around the um, plant life that you're trying to grow.
1: That's correct. We've actually even had some people buy our product where and, and add it into the soil where they've already put cremated remains. Because the cremated remains and soil and potting soil will stay the same. The soil and potting soil... Um, the pH of that usually isn't low enough to bring down the pH of the cremated remains low enough. Most soil pH is somewhere around six eight to seven two seven three on most areas in gardens. And the, the pH needs to be much, much lower to make it work. So we've had people who have scattered cremated remains like you did, not knowing about Let Your Love Grow, or they buried cremated remains, and then they've ordered our product and opened the earth and put our product around it and it still will be have a positive effect on those cremated remains that have been lying in the ground for a couple of years.
0: Oh, good to know. And there's a lot that's changing in the whole um, industry around um, uh, cremation these days. Maybe you can just give us a little bit of background on um, kind of the way things used to be and, and kind of where we're headed. Give us a glimpse into the future.
1: Well, you know... I started in, in funeral service in 1976, and back then we we mourned a to death. Today we celebrate a life, and the same things happen, but it's how we look at it and how we perceive it is differently. And the consumer today is driving the changes in the industry because we've become such a transient society. Uh, in 2016 was the first time in the United States cremation went over 50 percent on the human side. On the pet side, as far as we know, because we don't have hard numbers like we do on the human side with death certificates, but on the pet side, we think cremation is somewhere around 85% of all the deaths that the pets are cremated. And today people, they just want to celebrate a life by continuing the cycle of life with a plant or with a scattering or with a burial that they know is environmentally sound and safe. So the celebration of life is it's still a great process of grieving and, and creating closure, but people get to do it today with a, a positive environmental impact. And I think that brings a lot of comfort and, and satisfaction to the families, as well as helping them find closure.
0: Well, and it really does seem like um, as a general rule maybe even the entire world is becoming more positively focused on the effects of everything we do on the environment.
1: I'd like to think that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think would, about you, yeah, I don't think we're there yet, but I, I think we're starting to make some progress. You're starting to see countries and cities and States even um, adopt policies against, you know, one use plastics and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, you're right. I, people are starting. And again, I think the consumers uh, is ahead of a lot of the industry because obviously it, the moving industry is like turning a ship. You know, It just takes time. But the consumer is starting to pay more attention to the environmental impact. And that's that was something that when Annette and I started this is, I mean, our product is truly 100% organic. The containers are uh, completely biodegradable at this point. We, we we're, we're moving to one- Packaging that may not be uh, biodegradable because our product is so acidic we have to be really careful of what we ship it in because most time it destroys it, but even if it's not biodegradable, we're going to make sure it's recyclable or it can be repurposed and used again, so it's not something that creates a level of waste
0: and and your product's getting um attention not just in the United States now but on a um a more global basis. Can you share with us any of the interesting things that are happening? happening in other countries?
1: Certainly, in uh, in the UK, we've gotten some great um, recognition in the UK. A group started a cemetery there two years ago, and when they went to get their permits to open up, the uh, local government wouldn't issue permits until they brought in Let Your Love Grow. So um, the government had done their research. The the UK government has a very aggressive goal to reduce carbon output. to find some way to offset um, the harmful effects of cremation and what's put into the environment. And our product creates that balance by putting the cremated remains back into the environment safely and allowing trees to grow and flowers and bushes. We're trying to balance the and, and offset the harmful impact that cremation causes. So that's very positive there. Uh, we've been invited into Australia, again, in the pet market. Um, with one of the largest, um, um afterlife care providers, uh, we're into New Zealand. Uh, we've got conversations going on now in Canada and we're opening conversations in Germany. So a lot of other countries already have, they understand the problems, but they've not been able to find the issue, uh, a solution for the issues. And we have a solution in the United States. Um, it's more of a challenge. Uh, just because our mindset isn't quite there yet. But I think it'll come in time.
0: I I think you're right. I think we still kind of have the mindset in the United States that maybe um, land is um, inexhaustible. Like, we have tons of it. Um, And yet Mm -hmm. other countries don't necessarily feel that way. They may be very constrained by the amount of available land they have for use and then having to reuse that land over and over again.
1: That's correct, because we also make a burial product for full body burial, again, for human and pet, to where um, in Europe, it's not uncommon that, that they resell the grave space after a 25 to 50 year span. But when they go to open that grave to reuse it, there's usually bone structure still in there. And they have to extract that and store that bone or do something with it. And with our product, within two years after burial, the entire body is converted into organic matter, so there's no bone structure left behind. And what we found, Peggy, in our research is, we actually put Mother Nature back to where she was much quicker with our product than uh, without using our product. And for example, the cemetery that we're working with over there, we were over there last month, and um, they had buried a, uh, a full unembaum body in our product in February. And we had our forensic, Tephanimus, which was a soil scientist. We had taken him over there with us. And he was amazed how quickly we got Mother Nature put back to where she was. We, he, his claim is we advanced Mother Nature easily 10 years uh, in returning to normal from the disturbance of digging a, a grave for a human body. Um, Mother Nature was 10 years ahead of herself already because of our product, because of the plant life and the mold that was available in the soil already.
0: Well, that's kind of incredible, because if you think about, um, you know, if you think about the funeral industry as a business, which of course it is, if they were only able to sell those um, plots every 25 to 50 years, and now they could do that every two to five years, that would be incredible.
1: Well, it, it would be. And you know, in countries like England and Germany and France and, you know, most of the European countries, they really are landlocked. So they they are running, they truly are running out of burial space. Where in the United States, until land becomes critical mass in the United States, they'll never pay attention to these concerns here. But those are really serious problems already taking place in Europe, and we have a solution for them.
0: Well, and I'm glad to hear that they are starting to listen. Um So I'm going to refer to your website, which I want people to take a look at, letyourlovegrow.com, where you also have a blog so people can read about all kinds of interesting things um, related to the product and related to the environment. Um, And I love your frequently asked questions page because... It just gives us the answers to everything we want to know in terms of whether scattering ashes is bad for the environment. And you've already said that the pH and sodium levels um, of cremated ash can be way too high for um, plant life to exist. Um, what else can you tell us that would be beneficial to, um, to our listeners from, from both thinking about human cremation but predominantly in the pet world?
1: Well, one of the things that uh, a lot of people like to scatter, or at least scattering has a romantic flair to it. You can scatter, use and let your love grow, but we really ask that you wait at least three to four months. The product and the the, uh, ashes need to be mixed and sit together because what we do is, in real simple terms, cremation stops the natural decomposition or breaking down of the bone. Because all the bacteria and all the moisture is removed, and what we do is we reintroduce the cremated remains to a natural bacteria and moisture. So it takes a few months for that to work. Because if you scatter too soon, the the ash and the product will separate, and it really then there's no benefit, you know, beneficial uh, effect. And we also don't recommend using seeds um, because of the sodium level no matter how much you dilute the ash with our product, the sodium level is so intense, seedlings won't really grow a very um, strong root system that we found through our laboratory studies. So we recommend uh, use an established plant and then uh, incorporate it in with a mixture of the ash and that. But the main thing is, what type of plant is important to the individual? So we try not to be plant specific. We try to allow, uh our product works pretty much across the board with any living flora the only things we kind of caution against definitely are orchids because they're so delicate and roses everybody loves roses but roses are hybrid and they're actually a very uh, temperamental plant that can easily um they, they they just they're they're really a weak plant they're they're, they're uh, susceptible to Diseases and, um, but everybody loves roses. You can use them, but just understand roses are difficult plants. So we we love to get inquiries. We've had people ask if we can grow marijuana in our product, (laughs) and you can. Uh, You can, you know, we we've had those questions. We've asked if you can grow edible plants, and you can. Uh, Okay. We've actually tested edible plants. Uh, That was very important to a family that was a master gardener. So our laboratory grew an entire garden that we used, And and most of the cremated remains that we use are, we found um, several years ago when we started our research, we reached out to a pet crematory and I asked where their cremated remains went when the families didn't want it back, which is called a communal cremation. And they took them to a landfill. And I said, well, can I get as many cremated remains As possible and this guy gave me buckets and buckets of of cremated remains so we're using animals that were going to be going to a landfill and now we're repurposing them and they become truly sustainable plants that are very you know honored and recognized even in our research so we're we're not just treating them as a research item we truly understand that's still a, a life that's still energy for the earth that needs to be recycled
0: well, and, and it sounds like it might be even detrimental to have that much kind of communal cremated remains going into our public landfill systems.
1: Well, it is because the landfill system doesn't have the proper bacteria to break down the bone fragment. And that's why a lot of times in murder investigations, they, they'll they look in the landfill because they know the skeletal remains will always be there. So, uh yeah, we we definitely are an alternative to landfill and a sustainable alternative. Plus, it's not good PR if you find out your crematory takes your communal your pet that maybe you don't you didn't want it back because you didn't know what to do with it is going to a landfill. That's pretty bad PR.
0: I think that is pretty bad PR because we like to think that even if we didn't get our ashes back, that our pets are still going to quote unquote the better place, right? Um yeah. That's right and 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 at least if if they ended up in your hands, we'd know that they were getting um, the proper love and really resulting in a new life um, for the future
1: that's That's right, absolutely. And then you know, we also tried to make the product really uh, simple to use. Uh, we're changing our packaging on the pet side. Uh, we've always sold it in containers where you had to measure and everything. And we're we're creating, uh, they're called a a stand-up pouch or a a doy pack. And it's similar to um, what you get dog treats in or uh, granola comes in a Ziploc top bag um, to where um, we're trying to make it as simple that anybody can use it. You don't have to measure. one, one, One size of our packaging offer will be for pets. 30 pounds and less, and the other one will be for pets 31 pounds and over. And it's just two sizes, and if your pet falls in the range of whatever package recommends, you add the ash, you mix it well, you can plant it, you can bury it, you can let it sit for a few months in the packaging, and you can scatter it. We try to keep it as simple as possible. Our, and again, our product can be used on plants in the landscape, in the forest, in a, a potted plant, because so many people are transient or live in apartments or condominiums and maybe don't have an apartment or a, a, a garden. Um, so we try to create a product that if, if you have any desire to create a remembrance planting, we want to be a part of that.
0: I think that's great because then we can take our pets with us wherever we go. That's right. So um, if we want to purchase the product, um, can we run down to Walmart and buy it or how do we buy it?
1: Not at this time, right now it's online at uh, letyoulovegrow.com and we're also on Amazon. Um, You can buy either one, we've we've made it very simple. The prices online, both at Amazon and our website are the same price and both uh, websites that include shipping within the continental United States. We try to make it as easy to do business as we can. Uh, I'm always available if you have any questions or concerns when you receive your package Um, and every now and then I get a call that they want to do something different, or maybe they want to mix, uh, some ashes. We've had people mix human and, um, pet ashes. We've had people mix multiple pets. We've done, we did one service, uh, with a family that very nice family. The, the dad had died many, many years ago. I want to say it was like 35, 36 years ago. The mother had died about a year ago and the children wanted to create a a remembrance planting on the family farm. And the parents had kept a dog that had died when they were first married. And so the family called us up and said, "You know, we want to do mom and dad and can we do their dog and plant a tree on the family farm? I said, absolutely. So we walked them through the process and uh, now mom and dad and their dog that they had before they had any children are living as one.
0: I love that. That's a great story. Um, I know that people are often challenged when um, when they do lose a loved pet and not sure exactly how to memorialize the pet, but I think a plant or a tree, particularly a tree, I, I tend to be um, drawn to trees for some reason, but I think mm-hmm. planting a tree in honor of your pet is a wonderful way to go.
1: It is, and something else to keep in mind too, Peggy, is Um, It doesn't matter how old the cremated remains are. They can be from a recent cremation or they can be from cremation 40, 50 years ago. It makes no difference because the cremated remains are stable and they're not going to change state on their own. And we found uh, most of the people that do business with us online, um, it's usually a good six months to a year since the cremation was done. Um, Very few people do cremation immediately because... It, it, the the trauma is still there, the loss is still there, and they're not sure what it is they want to do. And only that person will know through their grief, um, going through grief, when it's right for them to do something for themselves. And it may be six months, and it may be five years before they're ready to take that next step. And we totally understand that. So we'll take them by the hand and walk with them through every step to make it as as gentle and easy, but very rewarding for them
0: well and i'm happy to hear that i think that's good advice because i don't know if there are others out there like me but i have a whole closet full of little canisters with various pets that i have had over the years and i've been hesitant to do anything with them because they didn't know you know there's always kind of that um feeling too that if you if you plant a tree or a plant that can't be moved that um that you know, you wouldn't always have your pet with you. So I've kind of held on to mine. And so I've got some that are probably 20 years old that have been um, waiting patiently.
1: Well, and we, we, we talk families through that and we've done the same thing with Silky. We didn't use all of Silky's ashes because if we would ever move, if we'd ever sell our home, we, we, we keep her, we bought a glass vase that's beautiful piece of artwork. You would never know uh some of her ashes are in there but we have it sitting on a mantle in our fireplace it looks just like a piece of glass art but if we ever move then we can always take her with us but then we we know she'll always live on in this in in our front yard too so you know it's good to keep a portion of the ash back if there's that special relationship with that um with the fur baby or you know with your human it's it's that's important so we encourage that to maybe keep a portion of them
0: I think that's really good advice. And you have a very interesting um, advisory board at Let Your Love Grow. Do you want to call out some of your people that um, you're associated with and and some of the unique things they bring um, to your organization?
1: I do. And we're really lucky with the board that we have. We're blessed to have such a diverse group. Uh, We've got a um, a forensic entomologist who is world-renowned for his research. Uh, he helped us get started, and he, he has actually introduced us to a lot of the other forensic team. Uh, we have a forensic taphonomist. Um, his name is David Carter. The entomologist is Neil Haskell out of Indiana. Uh, David Carter is a young man. Out, he's a professor of forensic science at Chaminade University in Honolulu. He's also world-renowned for his research on soil science. Uh, the two of them introduced us to our forensic anthropologist, Sarah uh, Kylie Schaaf, out of Boston, and between the three of them, they help us find ways that make sure our product does what it's supposed to do as far as bone degradation, but it also – we want to make sure that we don't harm the soil that we put our product in and we don't disturb the bug life that we put our product in because we want to keep Mother Nature in balance, so we're very honored to have them. Uh, Sherry Arkoski is a plant scientist that does all of our research to make sure our product does what we say it does with uh, diluting the sodium and the pH, uh, and, and we've shown uptake of the elements within the bone to her research on the plant. Uh, Jim Wolterman does a great job. Uh, he helped us develop our original product. He's a site certified, uh, landscape architect. Um, Colleen Ellis helps us with some of the grief counseling and she has a great, uh, uh, she, she's just a great resource for, uh, moving forward after the grief of the loss of uh, a fur baby, Uh, Jody clock helps us. uh, Jody helps us. uh, She's probably one of the most active advisory board members, her and Carter together. Uh, But Jody helps us put together blogs. She does a good job with helping us with blogs. Uh, She keeps me on track of telling my story. (laughs) So and sometimes I need that. So we do. We just have a really diverse team, but we, we love it because we all want to tell the same story. We want to make sure we're telling the story correct, and we keep each other in check. And that, to me, is the perfect balance.
0: Well, you do have a very nice board, and, and everybody brings something special to the table. And, and we're just thrilled to hear that um, Let Your Love Grow is um, becoming a worldwide product that is available to anyone everywhere um, for um, creating memory gardens for a loved one, for a loved pet, um, and then just helping us as a a world um, be more sustainable and more ecologically friendly. So we thank you for that. Thank you. And uh, I think you can... Uh, definitely check out bob's blog at letyourlovegrow.com uh there's lots of information there and yours truly even um i contributed a couple of little things there and you can read about pet loss and grief and you can read about testimonials um and creating living memorials for our pets um anything you'd like to leave us with bob as we get ready to say goodbye
1: just i wish everybody the best in this happy holiday season and uh Just be kind to one another.
0: Thank you very much. I agree with that sentiment very much and want to encourage our listeners to visit LetYourLoveGrow.com. And also, you can find All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Kids in Fur Coats. And you can check out the Animal Care Trust USA website at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org where you will find the replays of our shows along with a blog article about each one of our guests. And you guys know my motto, it is, until there are none, please adopt one. And we look forward to talking to you each and every week on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. Until then, happy tales.